going to check my watch because I think I should get some calories burnt just watching that video. I don't, I don't know about you, but whew, man, that kind of exhausts me just watching that. I think that's good enough for the day, but we are starting a brand new series today called Greater Reward, and I think that we are all ready for something different in our lives, aren't we? I mean, we're ready for some changes. We're ready to get rid of this whole COVID thing and just get beyond that whole thing. You know, my guess is that I, we, we would love to have all the end of this division that we see in our country and our culture today, the end of hate that is, is going around, the things that are just keep, keep coming at us from the news cycles, and we think, man, is this thing ever going to be over? We're ready for some kind of change. And if we're honest, we're probably ready for some personal change also. But many of us are kind of maybe stuck, and, and we're saying, you know what, yeah, we need some change. And, and maybe it's something as simple as, you know what, I just need to lose some weight and become a little bit more healthy. I need to eat a little bit better. Financially, I just need to get out of debt. I need to, to move on. I need to be a little more generous in our lives. I know there's something different for me personally in this whole thing. And, and maybe it's I, I just need to have a better marriage. My relationships need to be better. We've been talking a lot about these kind of things late, lately. We need to be even closer to God, and we all know that, yeah, there's something missing in our spiritual lives, that, that it's just something that all the draining things around us, that it's time for something different. And, and we're hoping that we are going to be something different, that we're going to make an impact, that we're going to make a difference, that change is on the horizon. And, and maybe beginning of this year, you started off by making some New Year's resolutions, <laughs> and maybe they faded very quickly, and, and you're thinking, oh, man, where did all that go? And we started out strong, but now we're back. Matter of fact, mine actually started before, before New Year's, and, and I, at the end of last year, I just decided, you know what, I, I just need to get a little more in shape. I want to lose some weight, and so I went out, and I bought myself a spin bike. <laughs> oh, man, and I was doing great. I honestly, and, and, and they, they, and nobody in the office believed in me. I was a little bit hurt, but, but they'd ask me on a weekly basis, you know, well, how many days should you ride this week? And I'd say, I rode six out of seven. That was my goal, six out of seven. And I'd get on that thing and I would sweat and I, I actually ended up losing about 15 pounds and things were going great. I carried it into the brand new year. Things were going ex perfectly. And as you know, then Barb broke her arm, and then that was a good excuse for me to say, well, you know, maybe not so much, maybe not six or seven days out of the week that I have to actually, you know, do this. And, and then we kind of accidentally sold our house, and then we had to move, and so then it became even a little bit less. And then, you know, last week she had back surgery, and so now I got all these excuses. I'm blaming it all on Barb that I'm not riding my bike anymore at all, that it has ended. And I have not stepped on a scale. I'm sure those 15 pounds are back somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just, it is. And the question is, you know, we all have these great intentions. We all have these things that we want to be different. We want the greater reward, but how in the world do we ever get there? And that, over the next three weeks, is what we're going to be talking about. How do we achieve the greater reward, the things that God is calling us to do in our lives, whether it be our health, our marriages, our relationships, or even getting closer to him? And so that's where we're going to hang out. And, you know, I, I just got to say before we start here that um, if you remember a few weeks ago, Jordan got real cutesy, and he said, you know, I'm going to throw you my outline up here, you know, and he was all proud of himself because he showed you his outline, and, and he thought it was just, just this wonderful thing. And, and I don't like to be outdone, so here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do something that has never been done at Crossbridge before, okay? I'm, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you can't wait, can you? 
I am going to teach on the exact same verses that he taught on last week. So there, you know, you think you're so cutesy, Jordan, but there, what do you think about that, huh? So that is actually where we're heading. We're going to be hanging out in Romans chapter 7 and Galatians chapter 5 this week. And in all seriousness, if you have not heard last week's teaching that Jordan did, um, phenomenal. And uh, it was challenging to me. God put his finger on a couple of areas of my life. He said, hey, here is something that you need to deal with. And I love how God works because, honestly, I'll be honest with you, I was actually supposed to teach last weekend. And with Barb's surgery that happened on, on, on Tuesday and, and C3 Sports kicking off that Saturday, I, I was feeling a little overwhelmed. I thought, there is no way in my schedule I can do this thing justice. So I, call, I actually called Jordan up on, on D-Now weekend when he was getting absolutely no sleep, and I thought he, would, he won't turn me down because, you know, he's sleep-deprived. And I said, hey, dude, can you teach for me? He said, Absolutely. And I truly believe that was God-ordained, because if you haven't listened to that, you need to go back. Now, there were some audio problems with this microphone and things, but it is worth listening to, and uh, just some amazing things. But we're starting off here with Paul, and, and, and if you know Paul, he is a rock star. He is, you know, we are all here today because of Paul. He did some amazing, amazing things. He saw the resurrected Jesus, had an encounter with him, transformed his life, changed his life. Paul was able to raise people from the dead. Millions of people have come to Christ because of Paul. We are sitting here today because of the Apostle Paul and everything that he did. He wrote a third of the New Testament. He was a man after, after God that he just was relentless. He, he endured all kinds of persecution, all kinds of suffering. He was somebody we would say, if I could be a tenth of what Paul was, if I could have him as, as, as what I am supposed to shoot for, that's exactly what we would be. Man, that is, he is the goal. He is the role model. And even Paul has struggles, as we find out in Romans chapter 7. Here's verse 15 and 18 and 19. Here's what Paul says. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And then in verse 24, he says this about himself. Oh, what a miserable person that I am. Paul, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? He's saying, how can I change? Who can help me change? Who can help me become a better person? Who can get me through the, the addictions of stuff that is going into in my life? Who can help me stop doing what I don't want to do, that I keep doing? I get into this cycle that just keeps bringing me down. Who is it that can help me in that? And I believe that Paul is saying the same thing that we say many times. And that's simply we get to a point and say, help, I am out of control. That the way I'm living my life, no matter how much I try, no matter where I go, I just see, keep seeming to fail and fail and fail what do I do? So today I want to talk about a word that I actually despise, <laughs> that I have no business whatsoever standing on this stage in front of you today and talking about. It's a word that, that I have no control over, that I don't even see it in my life most of the time, and that's the word of discipline. When it comes to this, this is where I fall and struggle all the time. Discipline in my life is something that I have struggled with all the time. Self-control, it's an issue that I, I have. And a couple of pastors that we follow actually define it this way. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. 
The understanding that that greater reward that's out there, the thing that, that we want most is there, but we've got to do some things and make some decisions early that we can get, achieve that greater reward. That we may have to say some no to some things, sometimes even good things, to get to a point that we get to the greater reward. You know, I want to lose weight. I don't really want to gain that 15 pounds back, but, you know, just for my wife, I bake her warm chocolate chip cookies every once in a while because she's, you know, struggling getting around. <laughs> and so they're there. And then I know that there's some ice cream in the freezer also, which, you know, that goes really well with, with cookies. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, yeah, I want, I want to, to not gain back those 15 pounds, but there's some things, choices I have to make. And there's things in our lives that we all want. We want a good marriage. We want to have that intimate connection. We want to have, have our relationships great. We, we, we want them to be the best that they possibly can be. For our health, we, we want to look good. We want to feel good. We, we don't want to have those extra pounds on you know, our finances. We want to be generous. We want to have margin in our lives so that we can help other people that we're not living month to month all the time. We want the greater reward. We want the end result, but making those decisions to start with. And see, our desires don't determine who you become. We can want all these things. We can have desire to, to have financial freedom. We can desire to have a great marriage. We can desire to be healthy. We can have all these desires, but that's not what cuts it. Disciplines determine who we become. Desires don't determine what you do. Desires don't determine what you do. Discipline determines what you do. And I fall so short in this. I struggle so much in this. I always seem to choose the short term, the immediate gratification, the things that happen right away. Because hoping doesn't bring us a better life. Hoping for the greater reward, hoping for these things out here doesn't bring us the better life. Discipline and self-control does. Habits that honor God bring a better life. Habits that honor God bring us a better life life. And so often we sound just like Paul. I want to read more scripture. I, I want to pray more. I want to be more generous. I want to, to come and be in community more than, than, than what I am. And I, I want to serve. I want to make an impact. But I don't do what I want to do. And we try so hard, but we always end up failing. And the reason is because willpower doesn't work. Willpower doesn't work. I always start out great, but there's always failure in store for me. And it just happened so that just this last week, you know, we started C3 Sports, like I told you earlier, and, and what happens in a C3 Sports season is, is concessions ends up all in our building over there at the hub in our offices, you know, and there's all kinds of candy, and there's all kinds of stuff over there, and there's just all this temptation there, and, and so I actually looked at our concessions, and, and the staff got talking, and, and there wasn't really much chocolate there, because apparently they decided that, you know, outside in the summer and things like that, it would all melt, and so we were kind of complaining about that there wasn't really a lot of chocolate that we actually liked in there, and so our, the person who's in charge of concessions, and I don't want to say her name, she's kind of evil, and... Um, <laughs> And so, and, and well, her initials are Sarah Ealing, and um, and so she decided that she brought us this tub of chocolate, and it sat there. Now this tub was full at the beginning of the week, okay, and it even had a little sign here, just because we don't need whiny chocolate-deprived pastors, you know. And so, and so here was this whole bucket here, and I did really well. 
for a while. I had willpower, and I looked at that bucket, and I'd walk by the first day just like this, man. Huh? Didn't even notice it. Wasn't even there, you know? No big deal. Then I walked by it again. I kind of smelled it a little bit. <laughs> and then I would walk by again, and I thought, well, let's just see what's in here. You know, it doesn't hurt just to see what's in here. And there's all kinds, you know, there's, there's little, these little Reese's things. Anyway, and so I, I would go. By the next time I go by, I, you know, well, these are small. I mean, the, you know, really. I mean, look how small these little things are. It's not a big deal. And 16 of them later, it turns into a big deal, doesn't it? Because my willpower, maybe you're the same way. And here's what I've noticed about this whole bucket is that apparently the staff doesn't really like M&Ms. So, so you know, here, there you go. <laughs> you know, plain M&M peanut, we go for it, Sarah. Anyway, there you go. <sighs> willpower. It's awful, isn't it? And it happens, it happens in all areas of our lives. The stuff that comes at us that we just keep giving into and, and, and giving into. And so what we do is we, we try to pray more, we read more, we do all the things, and, and we're successful for a while, and then it all fades. And, and, and this whole willpower thing starts to fatigue, and, and we fall, and there's this little voice that says, it's okay. See, our enemy doesn't want us to succeed. And, and, and he sits there, and I don't know if you've heard this voice, and he sits there and says, hey, you know what? It's just this one time. This financial thing, this marriage thing, this lust thing, this addiction thing that you're struggling with, this porn thing, it's just, it's just this time. It's okay. It's going to be all right. No one's going to notice anyway. And for me, there's this one, <laughs> this one word, this line that comes at me all the time, and I know most of the time it's, it's, <laughs> it's from my enemy trying to drag me down. It's this, is that you deserve this. You ever heard that to yourself or, or convince yourself that you deserve this? What you've been through, what you're going through, well, you deserve a little bit of, of this, you know, shady stuff. And you hear it and you hear it and you hear it, and finally you give into it. And then what the enemy does is he takes that little, that little thing that you give into, and then he creates it and he connects it to your identity. And he says, ah, oh, you did it again. You're not worthy. You can't do this. You're never going to be good enough. You're always going to fail. God is disappointed in you. And it's always these voices that are there. You're never going to be financially free. You're never going to have the marriage you want. You're never going to be getting rid of this addiction that you have. And the enemy takes this, this thing that you fail at, and he connects it to your identity and says, this is who you are. This is, this is who you are, and you're never going to be better than that. And we can understand exactly what Paul says when he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. And our identity becomes that we think that we are just a bad person. Here's kind of what happens. We start off and, and, and we think that we're bad. And so we decided, here's what we're going to do, man. We're going to try hard. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to attend more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to go to the men's Bible study. I'm going to go to Kim's group. I'm going to go to the women's thing. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to try so hard. And then the next thing that happens is this is sooner or later our willpower weakens. And we start, and we start hearing that voice, it's going to be okay. You don't have to go. You, don't, you know what? You don't have to go to church on a Sunday to be a Christian. You don't have to be that engaged. You don't need to serve. You don't need to really give. You don't need to, to give all that stuff up. And our willpower starts weakening. And the next thing that happens is we have an inevitable failure. The things come crashing down, and we fail, and we know it. And then what happens after that is we have guilt and we have shame. 
and think, oh, I did it again. And the voice is telling us, oh, you're never going to be better than that. You're, you're worthless. You're useless. You can't do it. You might as well just give up. And what happens after that? We said, no, we're going to try hard. We're going to try harder, and we're going we're to keep going, and then our willpower weakens, and then we have inevitable play, sh- failure, and, and then guilt and shame, and then we try. And it's just this continuous cycle of going on and on and on until we finally get to a point that we just give up. And our distorted identity keeps us from being everything that God wants us to be. And we think to ourselves, something is missing. Something is missing in my life that I don't have what it takes, that I can't do this. And I want you to understand, something is not missing in your life. Something is not missing in my life. Someone is missing in our lives. And that person is who Paul talks about in verse 24. As he goes on, he says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, because, see, our willpower is never going to be strong enough. We are never able to accomplish what we need to accomplish. We are never able to get out of that cycle of all the guilt, all the shame, all the failure. If we are not based and solid in Jesus Christ, it will never, ever happen. It's through him and the Holy Spirit that we can conquer this thing. If you are trying to do it on your own, as I have always all my life tried to do it on my own, you are going to fail. It is only through Jesus and the Holy Spirit that we can make it. Scripture says that the son, whoever has a son is free, and he is free indeed. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we strive for? And you need to understand, this isn't about behavior modification. It's so often that that we get in our mind is I just need to change my behavior. I need to change my behavior. I need to change my behavior. And as much as that is true, what you really need is spiritual transformation. You need to have something inside of you that changes you, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. It's about someone and something that is is so much stronger than you will ever be, giving giving control of your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and saying, I can't do this on my own. It's only through your power that I can accomplish these things. Thank God, as Paul would say, we have Jesus. See, this isn't about the identity that, that, that Satan tells you it is, man. This is about who you are through Jesus. See, you're not about what you did. You are not about your past. Your identity is so linked. And back when I was in 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 a youth group way back, I mean way, way back, and, and this stuck out to me. There was a retreat we had, and a speaker said this, and I shared it actually with our youth not uh, a few years ago. And it said, he said this. He said, I'm not who I think I am. I am not who I think I am. And I'm not who you think I am. That I am who I think you think I am that we get so caught up in, in all this stuff that's going around in our culture and what our friends think of us, that, that, that we worry about what they think of us, and, and our identity gets all mixed up in all these things. We're worried about what other people think about us. And that is not who our identity is. It doesn't matter what other people think. It, the only thing that matters is what God thinks, and our identity is linked to who Jesus says we are. See, we are who God says we are, and God says that you are forgiven. You are forgiven. 
And God says that you are loved. And God says that, that, that you are a conqueror. God says that you are a warrior. He says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's who you are. That's who your identity is. When you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You are something different. It's an amazing. He says that you're called and you are set apart. You are an overcomer. Whatever it is that holds you down, maybe it's a silly box of candy, whatever it is, you can overcome this, not on your own, not with your own willpower, not with your own strength, only through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That is our hope. It's not about behavior modification. It's about spiritual transformation. There's a, there's a, a fundamental transformation that happens when we give our lives to Jesus. We say, you can have everything, Jesus. And Scripture says that we are a new person, that we are new inside and out, and that's where the power has to come. The old is gone, the new has come. And we start realizing that our identity is this and this alone, is that I belong to Jesus. And I think it is so hokey and so corny when pastors want you to repeat things, but I'm going to do it anyway. I want you to say this, and you don't have to be loud, you can just whisper it if you want to, just say it. I just want you to hear yourself say it. I belong to Jesus. On the count of three, one, two, three. I belong to Jesus. That is your identity. If you've given your life to Jesus, that I belong to Jesus. And, and since I've prepared for this, I've been telling myself that all, all every day, so I don't, countless times, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. And it starts changing our mindset. I belong to to Jesus. Galatians 5.16 says this, so I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And Paul's not talking about our flesh here. It's actually translated in other translations as sinful desires, our sinful selves, that we are not to, not to give in to those. And, and, he, and it's used 147 times in the New Testament the sinful nature that we have, that we're constantly battling, that this voice is saying, give into, give into, give into. It's going to be okay. He says not to have any confidence in our flesh, not our own willpower. And I love how he says it's, it's to walk, and it's a continuous motion that we are supposed to walk in the Spirit. And there's going to be times that we're going to say, oh, no, we failed. We, we, we take a step back, but we continue to move. We continue to walk in the Spirit. We continue to, to, to rely on our identity, that I belong to Jesus. And we start depending on the Spirit for wisdom. We start depending on the Spirit for discernment, for the things that get in, in our way, for the strength. And we start learning more and more to walk in the Spirit. It's basically us getting codependent on Jesus. And we talk about this all the time, about living a life that is centered around who Jesus is, and Jesus in our life, that we give everything. We make every decision through that. That no matter what it is, our, our family, our workplace, everything, all our relationships come through a centeredness of who Jesus is in our life, that I belong to Jesus. And we ask him to renew our mind and to renew our thoughts Use my life however you want to use it. And we continue to walk, and we continue to walk. So the question for all of us today is, what is it that you want most? What is the greater reward in your life? And understanding that it's going to take time to develop 
that it's a process that we walk into it. And we start turning the cycle. And here's what we understand, and we go back to this little graph, is that you belong to Jesus. And when we belong to Jesus, we know that we have to depend on the Spirit. And when we depend on the Spirit to, to, to guide us and to walk daily in, then what happens is, is that it builds our faith. Our faith becomes stronger. We start understanding what our identity is. We start being able to, to, to navigate these obstacles, these voices that tell us to go ahead. We say, no, it's not how I'm designed. And it empowers the right action in us, which in turn brings us closer to God. And when we are closer to God, you know what we want to do? We want to depend more on the Spirit because it, 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 we know that we're living the life God has called us to. And it starts this whole vicious cycle over again. Our faith gets built. He empowers the right action. We get closer to God. And it continues on. This is how we are supposed to live. Understand that the Spirit, when we decide that we're going to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in us. Scripture tells us the same power that lives in us is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. That is incredible. Only through the Spirit, not our power, can we navigate this whole thing. I belong to Jesus. If you're in the chat, maybe you didn't get to say it out, outside if you're just watching online, just type in the chat there, I belong to Jesus. You need to see it and you need to know it, that I belong to Jesus, which makes us want to engage, which makes us want to be in community, which makes us want to pray more, which makes us want to read more, to get closer and closer to him. That's the life we're called to. If you want discipline in your life, if you want more control in your life, it all comes down to this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the life that we are called to. What is it that you want most in your life? What is the greater reward that you are hoping for? And I would challenge you to name it. I would challenge you to write it down because we've got to start to that place. This is it. This is what I, what I want most. This is what I want most in my finances. This is what I want most in my marriage. This is what I want most in my relationship with God. We have to name it, whether it be, be financial, whether it be relational, whether it be this addiction that continues to pull us down. What is it that you want most? What is it you want God to come and heal you from? That's what it's all about. But it all starts in one place. And maybe you are sitting out here today and you have never fully given your life to Jesus. You say, yeah, I, I hear all that, but you know what? I, I haven't given my life to Christ. And you can do that right where you're sitting. There's no special prayer. There's no special words. It's just a matter of you saying, here I am, Jesus. I, I'm going to trust in you, what you did on the cross for me, taking my sins, everything I've ever done, and dying for them there, and I accept that. That's where you start. For others of us sitting here today, and maybe it says, yeah, I've given my life to Jesus. But maybe even today, he's pinpointed something in your life that needs to go. It's exactly what he did to me last week when Jordan was speaking. He said, Brad, here is the area that you have not given control. You've tried before. 
but you've done it on your own power, in your own will, in your own self-control, and you're not strong enough to do it. Only I can do it. Maybe for you, that's what Jesus, what God is asking of you. What area of your life right now is he saying, this is it? Would you just give it to him today? Would you start walking in the Spirit? Would you stop listening to that voice and give control over to him? Would you pray with me, Father? You know what a struggle this is. <laughs> and we are bound to fail in our own strength and our own willpower. So we don't have what it takes on our own. But we have what it takes in Jesus. So God, I just pray that you would pour out the Holy Spirit here upon us today. That you would fill us, give us the hope For those who are out here thinking, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I will never be good enough, would you just give them a sense of peace and would you just show up in their lives and let them know that you have got this thing under control. God, we give up our wills, we give up our trying, everything that we've done, and we surrender ourselves and we give you every part of our lives so that you will be glorified and people will see that Jesus can make an amazing difference in our lives. It's in the amazing, matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.